Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills Podcast. Dag Heward Mills Podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. When God saves a person and they come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Saviour, God will take that individual person and use them as a shining light to turn many others to righteousness. In our message this Friday, Bishop Dag will teach you examples of people who were saved, which also led to their household following suit and salvation coming to their family members also. Bishop Dag will also share his own personal salvation experience, which will encourage you that it is indeed possible for you and your household to be saved. Hearts, open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 18. We're going to read Genesis chapter 18 and verse 16 to. 19 and the re- the men have you found it genesis 18 let's all stand please for the reading of the scripture genesis 18 from verse 16 bible says and the men rose up from thence and looked towards sodom and abraham went with them to bring them on the way and the lord said shall i hide from abraham that thing which i do seeing that abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him verse 19 for i know him that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the lord to do justice and judgment that the lord may bring upon abraham that which he had spoken of him thank you holy spirit for your wonderful presence in jesus name amen you may be seated Well, let's just try to ignore the sound. Sound people, give me as much volume as you can so that we can um, survive. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today, I want to uh, begin to share with you on what I call salvation for you and your household. Salvation for you and your household. Now, it is important uh, for us to understand that what god has done for us is to give us salvation for us and also for our households amen not just salvation for you but salvation for your household amen and it is important that every christian knows the importance of this salvation that God is giving to us what it is and what the Lord actually was trying to do for us. Now, uh, recently I was reading um, a book and I saw in this a vision where the Lord was showing uh, this, the prophet uh, Christians who had been fighting in the battle for some time. And as they fought and they climbed higher and higher in the mountain, uh, they kept on you know, having great victories. But what happened was, at a point, uh, some of the people who had accomplished many things and had won many victories in the process of going up the mountain, 
uh, when it got to a point, some of them would put down their armor feeling that it was too heavy. Some of them put their swords down, just threw away their swords because they felt they didn't need them. You know, and some put aside their shields. You know, and then suddenly vultures appeared in this battle. It like, depicts a Christian battle. The vultures appeared and began to vomit, you know, accusations and depression and so on on the people who were fighting on the mountain. So the mountain became slippery. Now he was, as he was fighting, because he had not put his sword down, he, 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 he used his sword to anchor himself on the mountain. And the others began to do the same. That is what even saved them. And you realize that, and he was uh, saying, the Lord said to him that, Many Christians, as they go higher and they serve me longer, drop aside some of these things which they think are basic. You know, like you don't even need a sword anymore. You know, where we go, it's like we don't even seem to need the Bible. In fact, you can't even preach without opening the Bible. And we live our lives without quoting scriptures and without the armor of God and the basic things of Christianity. And as that happens, the enemy comes in again. To destroy us because you will need all the armor that the Lord is providing for us. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So salvation is something that uh, all of us must understand and must desire. Now salvation for you, for your wife, for your husband, for your children... For your sisters, for your brothers, for, your, for those that are yours, your family, even your servants, and anything that is in your house must be saved. Hallelujah. And that is the pattern. And God said, I know Abraham. He will command his house, his household after me to know my word and to do my will. I know Abraham. He's not just going to be saved and, not, and allow his wife to do whatever she wants to do. I know Abraham. He's not just going to be saved and let his children do whatever they want to do. I know Abraham. He is going to command his household to be saved and to live in a particular way. Can I have an amen? amen? And so ladies and gentlemen, it is important for us to see that God has a plan to bring this salvation to all of us. In the New Testament, you find many, many examples of God saving us with our household. And we are going to read many scriptures this morning. And the first is John chapter 4. And let's all open quickly. We will be mostly in the New Testament because I want you to see it uh, from the New Testament point of view. There are many examples in the Old Testament as well. But uh, there are some examples here. John chapter 4 verse 46 and so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he made water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down before my child dies. And so Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. Verse 51. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Amen. 
Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. Notice verse 53. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth. And himself believed and his whole house. Hallelujah. Himself believed and his whole house. So you see, he believed and not just he believing, but his whole house believed. You must be saved. Your sister must be saved. Your brother must be saved. Your mother must be saved. Your father must be saved. Your child must be saved. Your servants must be saved. Everybody that is associated with you and that is yours must be saved. You and your house must be saved. Can I have an amen? In Acts chapter 10, we see the salvation of Cornelius and his household. Cornelius is the person, turn with me to Acts chapter 10, is the person who... You know, Peter was sent to to preach the gospel to. In Acts chapter 10, we start reading from verse 24. All right? And on the morrow, after they had entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. Why don't you call your kinsmen and your near friends? These are the household that God has given to you. Sometimes your near friends become your household. Amen. And Cornelius was now going to receive a blessing, but did not receive a blessing just for himself, but for his kinsmen, and, which is relatives, an old word for relatives, you know, or something, kinfolk, your relatives and your near friends. Amen. And Peter, verse 25, was coming in, and Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And then he continued preaching. And in Acts chapter 11, let's read Acts chapter 11. All right. Peter was now explaining what had happened. And in Acts chapter 11, verse 13, he was now giving a report of the crusade he had had in Cornelius' house. And he said, and he showed them how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and thy house, all thy house, shall be saved. Thou and all thy house shall be saved. God wanted Cornelius and all his house to be saved. You are not just saved alone. You cannot come to church without your children. You cannot come to church and spend money for your child to go to America or your child to go to whatever school, do ballet dances, piano lessons, violin lessons, French lessons, but not bring your child to school and invest in the salvation of your child. The Bible says, I know Abraham. Abraham will command his household. He will not just be saved alone, but he will let everything that is under his control and under his authority come into the service of the Lord. Some of us come to church alone. We leave our families behind and we have no spiritual influence over our families. We are like isolated believers within a, a family. When you do what is you're supposed to do, God is going to bring salvation. So you see, the noble man was saved with his whole house. You see, Cornelius, he was saved with his whole house. Let's look at Lydia in Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, verse 13. 
the Bible says, and on the Sabbath day, this was the Apostle Paul, we went out of the city by a riverside. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Are you there? Okay. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the woman, the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized, and her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. You see, Lydia was baptized and her household was baptized. Where is your sister today? Where is your brother today? Where is your mother today? Where is your father? Where is your child? Where are the house helps in your house? Where are the servants? Where are the people that belong to your household that are part of your house? They must also be saved. Lydia was saved. The next person is the prison officer of Philippi. In Acts chapter 16, don't move far, verse 31. Bible says, or let's read from verse 27, and the keeper of the prison, that's a prison of official, waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. He thought the prison of, uh, prisoners had escaped. Verse 28, but Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in. And came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And they said, and, and he and brought them out and says, says, what must I do to be saved? Verse 31. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Amen. Thou shalt be saved and thy house shall also be saved. You're not going to be saved alone. You're going to be saved with your house. Who is in your house? What is in your house? Who are the people that belong to your household? Where is your mother? Where is your sister? Where is your father? Do you pray for them? Where are your children? Where are the people that are under your influence? Where are they today? Are you just coming to church without really exerting the spiritual influence that you need to exert? You see, I once read a book. And in this book, a man had had many visions of angels. And one day, one of the angels appeared to him in the night. And, and the angel told him, he said to him, when one person in a family gets saved, other angels are assigned to other members of the family. And they protect them and they influence them till they also get saved. That is why when one person in a family gets saved, it's easier for the other members of that family to get saved. It sort of happens almost naturally. Without any preaching, without, you don't know how it happens, but they all get saved. You know? And so it is very important that we, we use the blessing. Even, even when you are married to an unbeliever, the Bible says that the unbelieving wife sanctifies the... Uh, the believing wife sanctifies the unbelieving husband. That means that and when you are married even to an unbeliever, the believer has a spiritual influence on the unbeliever. It, it's in the Bible. And that doesn't mean that you should go out and marry unbelievers, but I'm telling you, if you are married to an unbeliever, you have an influence on your husband. Bible says that the believing wife sanctifies the unbelieving husband. That means there's whatever sanctify means is something spiritual. It does something. Hallelujah. The next person is Mr. Justus. 
in Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. So we've seen the nobleman is saved. We've seen Cornelius is saved. We've seen Lydia is saved. We've seen the Philippian prison officer is saved. The next person is Justice in Acts chapter 18. All right? Paul again is going around. The Bible says, And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice. One that worshipped God whose house, his whole house, was joined hard to the synagogue. So Justice was working for the lord and his whole house was part of the synagogue worship so justice was another person who was there with his whole house the next person is crispus in the same acts chapter 18 and verse 8 bible says and crispus the chief ruler all right of the synagogue believed on the lord with all his house and many of the corinthians hearing believed and were baptized so you see crispus was saved with all his house the whole of the house of crispus was saved justice was saved with his family cornelius and all his house were saved lydia and all her household were saved the nobleman and all his house were saved where is your house where are the people in your house where are the family members where are your sisters and your cousins and your kinfolk and your family the next person is aristobulus now these are all names sometimes everybody is called rose everybody's called irene everybody's called uh, uh, uh what jack kofi whatever but you can call your child cornelius crispus aristobulus justus huh titus okay <laughs> romans chapter 16. romans chapter 16 all right verse 10 aristobulus it says salute apelles approved in christ these are all names salute them which are of aristobulus household he was greeting all the christians aristobulus and his household in fact in fact aristobulus household was greeted in particular the next person is narcissus in romans chapter 16 verse 11 he says salute herodion my kinsman my relative greet them that be of the household of narcissus which are in the lord they are in the lord narcissus household was in the lord you can call your child narcissus amen narcissus was a church member his household were in the lord the next person is stephanus in first corinthians chapter one 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 16. All right. It says, Lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 16. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. Amen. Sometimes when we are cross-examining people and, and they say they, they can't remember, you know, we often accuse them apostles i can't remember if i baptized anybody else i remember only stephanus but i'm not sure if i baptize anybody else so sometimes let us not persecute people and prosecute them to the last when they say they can't remember this is for somebody here we always want to persecute people to the last point paul said i don't remember if i uh, baptized him but i remember stephanus household I, i'm not sure so i know not 
Whether I baptize, bapti, baptisms. Are you sure you don't remember baptism? Baptism, you say you can't remember. So I say, I, I know not. Whether I baptize any other. Merzi. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, Stephanas. The next one is Onesiphorus. It's another name you can give to your child. If you don't like, you can give it to your dog or your cat. Onesiphorus. Second Timothy chapter 4. Verse 19, salute Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Amen. So it is a very, very wonderful thing for us to be saved. And this salvation is something that we must pray for, for our household, for all that belong to us to be saved. Amen. Why should our household be saved? Amen. Why should people be saved in our household? Why should we be saved? Number one, so that they will escape the lake of fire. Amen. Turn with me to Revelations chapter 20. That is the first primary reason. It says, and I saw verse 11 of Revelation chapter 20. It says, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no, no place for them notice it says and i saw the dead small and great huh? the small boys and the great boys who does this include how many know somebody who's died do you know any relative who is dead if he was he a small was he a nobody you will see him rising was he a great person Kwame Nkrumah um, who everybody the vice presidents the past presidents of Ghana great and small I saw them the scripture is saying I saw them the vice past presidents of America I saw them princess Dianas I saw them great and small hey hey he says i saw the dead small and great those who died when they were in secondary school those who died when they were in university those who died in office those who died in power those who died in riches those who died in the midst of their years those who died as elderly people i saw them the dead the great and the small are you listening stand before god and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works a christian is you must be concerned because of this judgment because god is going to bring all of us into judgment and people are going to go to heaven or to hell you would not want to have your sister screaming in hell ah! whilst you are enjoying or your husband will be in hell screaming and you'll be walking in heaven enjoying the streets of gold you will not want to give birth to a child for that child to go it will be better that the child should not be born you know, sometimes when people lose their children, 
I mean, the, they have an abortion when they are pregnant. I sometimes encourage them. I say, look, maybe this was a very bad boy that was coming to this world to, to go to hell. It's the salvation of the Lord. Take it that the Lord has saved this child for him not to come at all, to come and go to hell. Just take it that the Lord saved the child. Because I would not like to have a child who will go to hell. I wish he hadn't been born. He shouldn't have been born. There's no point. Because, look, within the next 40 years, you, you will see that most of us here either will be gone or will be going to go. You know, there is nothing more certain about our death than our death. There's nothing more certain than us as dying. It's more certain than who will win the next election. It's more certain than politics. It's more certain than... And, and yet, it's the thing we don't prepare for. There's nothing more certain than that. It's more sure than anything. Nobody knows what will happen to the Ghanaian city next year. We are not sure. You say you are going to get married. You may not get married. You say you are going to have a child. You may not have a child. All these things are not certain. What is certain is that you are going to move out of this world. And so will your brothers. So will your sisters. So will your children. So will your father. So will your mother. Where will they go? Will they go to hell? When they die, will they go to hell? That's why you must be concerned that your family should be saved. This is Christianity. It says, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open. And another book was open. And they were judged according to the things that were written in the books. No matter how good you are. Look, no matter how kind anybody is. No one can make the standard. No one can be holy as God is holy. Bible says all our righteousness are like filthy rags. Without the salvation that Christ gives us, we are all lost chickens. If you try to be very good, you will still not be good enough. So sometimes people ask, what about people who live elsewhere and who don't hear all these things? You see, what salvation can they have if they don't have Jesus Christ? How far can they go? How far can a good person go? All our, all our righteousness is like filthy. We ourselves, we know that we are bad. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a real lake of fire. A fire that burns and never stops burning. And that fire is the judgment for all who don't know God. No matter how nice the person is, no matter what the person did for you or has been to you, if the person does not know the Lord Jesus, he will die and go to this lake of fire. You, when you go home today, you must look at the people that are in your house and you must be concerned about these people and say, Lord, these people must be saved. When I got saved, all my sisters got saved. My mother is saved. And I prayed for my father also. I believe that he was also saved before he died. I pray so. 
You must, you must want all your family members to be saved. You must pray for them. You must intercede for them. They must come to know Jesus. And you see, when one person is saved, it means the rest of the house, including some of the hardcore people in your family. You must pray for them. There are hard ones. Sometimes in every family, you have one odd person. A lot to be saved. That there's one orangu amongst them. How many have seen such a member in your family? You must pray and God will save them. God will touch their life. You intercede for them. Cry for them. Pray for them. God is going to send laborers into their lives. There is one orangu amongst them. How many have seen such a member in your family? You must pray and God will save them. God will touch their life. You intercede for them. Cry for them. Pray for them. God is going to send laborers into their lives. We must pray. We must intercede so that God will save those that need to be saved. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Why should you be saved? So that we can escape the eternal judgment that is waiting for all. Number 2. It says in verse 1, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. We want them to have a relationship with God. If you don't know God, you are dead to God. You cannot even pray. Recently, we had a crusade, and there was a lady. She, she said she was a Muslim. She came up, and she, she was, said she was healed. And she said, when they said we should pray, she didn't know what to do. And I thought to myself, how sad it is. Some people don't even know how to pray. How will you go through life if you don't know how to pray? How can you survive in this world without being able to have God and being able to pray to the Lord? And if you have a family member who does not know how to pray, who does not know the Lord, who does not, has no relationship with God, what is his life going to be like when the problems of this life and the storms of this life and the challenges and the difficulties and the storms begin to knock you and knock at your door, what will the person do? Sometimes I look at people. You know, when you go to the cemetery, good graves, and you see hopeless situations, and I just ask myself, if they don't have God, what is the hope of this person? Hey, even if your life is not good on this earth, thank God for heaven. Are you not glad that there's a heaven that is waiting? Yeah. How many are glad that there's heaven somewhere? One day, you will be ejected from this system, and you move into a better place. And it says, wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience god wants to save us so that our families will not walk according to the course of this world what is the course of this world to live according to anything that we think or feel that we want to do Notice verse 3. Among whom also we had our conversation in time past, fulfilling in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and the desires of the mind. That is what an unbeliever is. Somebody who does whatever he feels. The desires of the flesh and the desires of the mind. What are the desires of our flesh? Think about your life. If Christ hadn't saved you, following the desires of your flesh and the desires of your mind, where does it end up? Huh? 
If you feel like drinking, you drink. That's, that's what an unbeliever is. And you must pray that your brother will never be like that. You must pray that your child will never be like that. Sometimes I look at the modern charismatic and I see that we are more concerned that our child will speak with a British accent than a child will be born again. We send our children abroad so that they will speak with a British accent. But we will not send our child to come for a J church camp meeting. We send our children to play, to dance ballet, ballet dancing. Ballet dancing. We are more concerned that our child will have ballet classes than for our child to be born again. Or even for our child to come and learn Bible verses for Pastor Ko and uh, Lady Pastor Erica to teach them. We don't think about that even twice. We don't even care whether they come to church or not. We don't even mind if our children will grow up and follow the course of this world. Anything you think about doing, you do it. That's how the world is. You feel like having sex, you have it. And you have it with as many people as you want to have it with. I was reading a, a, an article in one of these news, news magazines about a Cameroonian lady. She died. And when she died, they discovered her diary, a secret diary. And the secret diary, she had a list of all the men that she had slept with. She was a nurse. And she had died of HIV. And at the funeral, all the gynecologists, obstetricians, physicians, surgeons, neurosurgeons, all of them were there. She had slept with all, and all their names were there. She had slept with all of nurses, lab technicians, everybody, 353 of them. Don't shout, hey, as though the 300 is a lot. Because you are not saying, if we start to count yours now. <laughs> Ziza. Following the desires of our flesh and of our minds. If it comes into your mind, you do it. If you feel like it, you do it. 353 of them. And she, she wrote in a thing, she said, out of these 350 whatever people, only one of them mentioned marriage only one of them mentioned marriage never all of them was just i sleep with you and they were all shaking at the funeral because they knew that they had been they had they had been injected with the thing but that, and you, you may shout hey but most of us if you ask you you just mention four or five of them but the numbers gala people have slept at gala you know what is gala different kinds of things <laughs> very very wealthy people have done all kinds of things homosexual what have you and all of us if it were not for christ who has made us normal i don't know where we would be by now if it had not been for jesus christ now the gay homosexual things are more in town open people are doing it openly you you you, you have people marrying just to have a husband you see somebody in the church and the person is now he is the woman of the he is the woman he is the woman 
and you see people are and you see, and you see you don't, don't laugh at somebody oh, because they also have a desire when you talk to someone they say i i feel an attraction to a man i don't I, i'm not attracted to a woman i am attracted to a man i feel for a man that's an unbeliever that's somebody who is not safe then you do it if you feel like it you do it anything we feel like we do that is what it means to be an unbeliever that is what is happening to our families and our relatives and all that are in our household and we are just sitting thinking of prosperity how to get a car how to get a house and we think that christianity is to to get things and to become more richer than we have ever been but christianity is to be saved you and your household to be saved your household and all that are yours to be saved and to be brought into another world Paul said that we, we were once following the desires of our minds and the desires of our flesh. But God is bringing us into a new world. And why do we come so selfishly, not looking back and thinking of the others? Noah was saved with his household. He didn't go into the ark alone. He didn't enter the ark and say, once I'm here, I don't care what happens to Shem. I don't care what happens to Japheth. I don't care what happens to Ham and all my children and their wives. He went into the ark with his household, with his children, with his wife and everything that was for them. Even the Passover. One lamb was for one household. They sacrificed one lamb for the whole household. The sacrifice was made for the household. God has made a sacrifice for your whole house. The salvation and the blood of Jesus that was shed, that has come to you, was for you and all your house. The lamb was sacrificed for the whole house. Not just for one person. We don't sacrifice one lamb for one person. We don't sacrifice three lambs in one house. We sacrifice one lamb for the whole house. It's a sign that God saves you and he saves your whole house and he saves what is for you and your mother and your father and everything that belongs to you is for you. Salvation is for you and for your family and for your household. That's Christianity. It's for salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect, neglect so great a way of salvation? How will your brother escape? How will Rose escape? How will she escape? How will your brother escape? All those people, how will they escape if they neglect such a great way of salvation? What will happen? What about your child? How can you give birth to a child and just donate the child to the community donate the child to americans and donate the child to english people it, because it sounds good and it sounds Harvard. it sounds nice it sounds like something great you donate your child to the community and your child comes back as an unbeliever doubting the christianity and the foundation of which your life was good don't make a mistake don't think because you are saved your child will automatically be saved you need to do what you have to do i say i know abraham I know him. He will make his mother safe, his father safe, his child safe, his household. I know Abraham. Salvation for you and your household. I don't want us to be in heaven and then we'll all be happy. I don't know. When I was in medical school, I, I always wonder, I, I hope that heaven will not be like medical school. Because medical school, you pass. And your best friend, they didn't pass. Medical school, you do. You know, medical school is so stressful. You go through one and a half years, then one exam, in one moment, they determine whether you are going back by one and a half years. You, everybody becomes a doctor in one day, and then your friends don't become doctors. When the final exam comes, you see their names. You see your name, and then you see that his name is not there. It always 
makes the, the joy a little colored, bitter. There's some bitterness to the joy. Every exam I took, there was always a best friend or a close friend, somebody whom we love and the person didn't make it. In the final exam, I remember one of my good friends. We all came through. Then we, we start, when we are happy and we see our friend who didn't make it, then we, we can't rejoice anymore. You can't, you first, you've been a student for years. Now you call your friend, doctor this, doctor that, doctor that. They call you doctor that. You are also happy to be doctor. But then you look across and you see your friend has bowed down his head in sorrow because he didn't make it. I always pray that heaven will not be like that. That we'll see one another and rejoice and we'll look and say, where is she? Where is he? He didn't make it. He didn't make it. She's there. He's in hell. Bible says, and, and a certain rich man, and he died. The poor man died. And the rich man died. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes and he saw. He seeth Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. Perhaps in heaven we will be seen. Perhaps it will be an, a heartache for eternity because they never got saved. I'm going to show you how to help your family to be saved because your family must be saved your family salvation depends that's why it must come out of your shallowness and this kind of baby christianity where we never grow never pray never read our bible and there's almost no spiritual influence on your family because you are so dry and shallow spiritually you've joined the church to find a husband you've joined the church to get business you've joined the church to be accepted but you are not born again you are not a deep born again christian who is full of the salvation of god you know, when we talk about salvation, it's even foreign to you. That's why people will not also be saved in your house. My wife, all her brothers, saved. Pastors. Her, her, her little brother, said pastor, our pastor in Kumai, said prophet. Another brother, our pastor in New York. Another one, a pastor in London. All of them saved. Your family must be saved. They must come to know the Lord. They must bow their knees. You can't afford to have someone in your household going to hell. You can't afford them living a life following the desires of their flesh and their mind. It's so important. May God give us the heart and the strength. May we rise up spiritually. Because when you stand as a pillar spiritually, even without saying a word, it has a certain spiritual influence. You may not even speak to them, but God will touch them. And God's mercy will be stretched out to them. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. All right. Lift your hand and just speak a word for your family. That your house may be saved. Aristobulus and his household, Justice and his household, Crispus and his household, Lydia and her household, Philippian jailer and her household, all of them were saved in their household. Lift your hand and speak a word for your family and for your household. Pray for your sister, pray for your brother, pray for your mother, pray for your father, pray for your children, pray for your cousins, pray for all those that are part of your household. Pray for your servants that they may be saved, you and your household. Thank you, Jesus, for a great blessing of your word salvation for you and for your household blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord even jesus brother james was one of the apostles one of the servants of the lord oh it wasn't just in vain mary his mother was standing there at the foot of the cross on that day thank you lord thank you for your blessing thank you for your healing oh Father, we thank you today. We pray and we lift up our hands, praying for a moment, Lord. 
Speaking a word of prayer, Lord. We commit ourselves to be prayerful, to be spiritual, to intercede for our families and those that you've given to us and those that are part of our household, that you use us for their salvation, for their life to be saved, that they will not go to hell and follow the course of this world, ending up in hell, O God. Thank you for your great blessing today. We thank you for your holy word in Jesus' name. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. We want to pray with you. We want to share with you the word. If you are here today and you know that you are not saved yet, I need to pray. We need to pray for you. Lift up your right hand quickly. Stand wherever you are, but lift up your right hand. Pastor, pray with me. I don't know Jesus as my Savior. You are watching by television. You want to be saved. You and your household, you must be saved. I want to pray with you right now as you watch by TV. If you are here, and you want to give your life to Jesus, lift your right hand up high. God bless you. Lift it up high. High. Okay, if you've lifted your hand, just walk to the front quickly. Just walk from where. Take your Bible, your bag, whatever you came with, and just come to the front right here. We need to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. To Jesus I surrender all to him. Just come. God bless you. His presence All right. Keep coming. Clap for them as they come. I surrender all. family to you Jesus I surrender my household to you Lord I surrender all that is mine all that is mine Lord I pray like justice prayed I pray like Christmas prayed I pray like Narcissus prayed I pray like Lydia prayed Lord for her whole household to be saved I surrender all God bless you, my brother. Keep coming. Lift your hands and say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, I will serve the Lord. I will follow Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, you see our pastor standing, he's waving his hand here. I want you to follow him this way. He's going to share some things with you. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you may be seated. I want to recommend this new little book that I have just done. It's called Key Facts for New Christians. Amen. Key Facts for New Christians. I believe that it will be a blessing to you tell somebody make sure you get a copy after church key facts for new christians amen amen 
Wonderful. How many are blessed with the word of God today? Hallelujah. I'm blessed. Amen. I believe that I'm enjoying, I enjoy preaching about things that are eternal. These are the things of real value. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.